Hello, and welcome to the Psychic Wave Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Sanishin, and on this episode, we had Kat Bing. Kat Bing is an artist from Echo Park, and I first met her at a Halloween party that the members of the band Iris were throwing at their uh, apartment there in Echo Park. I met her again at Lot 1 not too long after that, struck up some conversation at The Satellite when I was at the Illuminati Hotties record release show, and uh, she even drove me home after that show because I got super drunk. And it was super fun. And the next morning, I got everybody donuts and coffee as a thank you. But besides all that junk, she is a sweet, funny, intelligent human being that seems very uh, sure of what she wants to do and what she wants to get out of this life. And we had one of my favorite conversations ever so far on this podcast uh, about acid about anxiety, about religion, about almost everything under the sun. And if you uh, pay close attention, there was actually some butthole popping that goes on in the podcast. You'll, you'll, you'll know it when you hear it. But it was super uh, fun to talk to Kat, and uh, we had about an hour-long conversation after the podcast in the garage here at the Psychic Wave office, And I feel that much closer to her. And I can't wait to see her again. She's a wonderful person, and I enjoy this immensely. Uh, What's going on? What's going on with my life? Do you want to know about my life? Should I say it like Borat again? No, I should not. Um, Wow, lots going on, but not really, you know? I'm doing the podcast thing like every other day. And I've been enjoying that so much. The only issue for me is that during the week I do it at about 8 p.m. That's when the guests get here. And I miss out on a lot of good shows that um, I should be attending because they're friends of mine or just bands coming through town that are going to be out of town the next day. But that's okay. I should schedule myself a little bit smarter, but that's just the way it goes. Um... I would also like to mention that these podcasts, it's been easier and easier for me to voice my, uh, I guess, political or moral stance on things. And I didn't really know, excuse me, I didn't really know if I was going to be comfortable doing that, but I decided, fuck it, you know? We're at episode number 52 of the Psychic Wave podcast. I'm going to start half to revealing some stuff about myself. And that's okay. Because although I'm going to learn as I go, you have to be honest with yourself about where you are at this point in your life. And I'm in a pretty good place. But my political and my moral uh, views on life come from my own personal experiences and if they don't align perfectly with yours that's fine talk to me send me a message let's have a conversation about it i think that's one of the main points of having a podcast is to kind of work things out between between humans figure out what this whole grand thing is about but yeah i don't know i was just getting a little um nervous about talking about politics and stuff like that. You know, the 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 nitty-gritty conversations that you don't want to have with your parents at Thanksgiving dinner. 
Well, I'm starting to have them on the podcast, and I'm guessing a lot of people's views are going to align with mine. I mean, I am talking to mostly bands that are from the same area, that are into the same sort of thing, but if you hear anything on this podcast that you don't agree with or that you think I'm drastically wrong with, shoot me a message. Heck, I might even invite you to come on the podcast to talk with me. Um, And that brings me to another point. I love this podcast because I get to meet so many great bands, but uh, Cat Bing is a great example of someone who is not in a band that I still had an amazing conversation with. If you are doing anything creative or you are passionate in any field, doesn't matter if it's science, math, health, uh, or you just stare at the clouds all day, if you are passionate about anything, I welcome you to come on the podcast and please shoot me a message. You can follow me on Instagram at the Psychic Wave. Well, without further ado, here is my wonderful conversation with the even more wonderful Cat Bing. Enjoy. Do you ever wonder what Shia LaBeouf's doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> All the fucking time. Oh yeah. You know, he, he fell off the map for a little while. Yeah. Like, at least out of my radar. And yeah, then, me too. You know, but it didn't. You know what's really funny? Today, I got caught in uh, that sh- there's a Shia LaBeouf daily um, Instagram account. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's serious. It really is letting us know what Shia LaBeouf's doing. Okay. It's kind of funny. And then there was like old clips of him on Even Stevens. Even Stevens. Yeah. And that he was so fucking funny on I that show. I loved that show. Yeah. I loved him. I I feel like I want to say like I knew that kid was going to make it big, you know. But I did not think. Well, in my mind, especially at the the age that I was when I was watching that, I thought he was big. Like to me, that's you were on the Disney Channel. You've yeah. made it. Yeah. Like that's that's true. <laughs> the pinnacle of success is Disney Channel. He was like the funniest kid on there, though. He had like that natural wit. You know, he was super goofy, but you could tell super aware of himself, Mm. which I think to be truly funny, you have to be really aware of yourself. Yeah, he definitely does. Obviously, I brought that up because you did a piece. Yeah, Yeah. that illustration. And uh, I saw that one the day you posted it. (laughs) I was like, "Yeah, yeah, what is he doing right now? What the fuck is he doing? Art that provokes thought. Yeah. You know, simple, simple. (laughs) simple but no that dude he cracks me up because like yeah he's been famous for a long time but his name even now the words Shia LaBeouf Mm -hmm. just conjure up this strange enigma of like personality yeah he's just like what is this guy I I think it just when you're that famous yeah you get a little weird and it's no weirder than I've ever been it's just he's got cameras on him all the time yeah. I think he's great. I think he's I think he's smart. I think that maybe later on, I mean if he keeps up his anti well He does. He is. I looked into it because I, I was in like a hole. I was in the right. hole. The Shia hole. I think that people when they get that famous who are really into art, mm-hmm. they art and comedy in some aspect, they uh really get into like an Andy Kaufman phase mm-hmm. where they're like Everything is a performance piece. Yeah. And I think they Peace. don't feel they're a true artist unless they like really make themselves uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which I 
sort of agree with, but... I like that. I do too, but I think when you're that famous, you feel like I need to do something... I need to do something deeper than just like, here's what I do. Mm-hmm. Something radical. Something radical. And at that age, because he's, what, like 30-something probably? I don't know. I mean, I think... Probably. Young. Yeah. I would, I would do what he's doing, probably. I... Man, I have no idea what I would do if I was famous. I think, number one, I would... The first thing I would do if I really was like starting to make a lot of money is just hire somebody and be like, I have no idea what to do with money. I'm really bad at it. You need to help me and I need to not have control of this money. Yeah. Because I'm so bad with money. Just horrible (laughs) at it. And the more I have, the more you can lose. And then after that, I'd probably, yeah, be pretty crazy. Yeah. Throw a lot of parties that have like a weird theme to it. Yes. I I like the the story of Bill Murray going up to a guy and like taking a bite of his sandwich, yeah. saying no one's ever gonna believe you, and then he just walks away. Yeah. That's the f- shit I would do, a hundred percent. It would be the best. That that would be really nice to be that famous. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> if that never happened and somebody just thought of that joke, mm-hmm. that's a really clever joke. Yeah. Like it is. And. Nobody would believe him. And now it's a huge thing that everybody has like heard. Mm-hmm. But anyway. It's amazing. So. Yeah. Cat Bing. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the beer. Oh, you're welcome. The bare minimum of uh, friendship. Beer. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, you drove out from Echo Park mm-hmm. where I've gone to see friends of yours halloween party halloween party that was a riot <laughs> sounds so old that was a riot that was a riot that was a riot though it was yeah halloween party um you were at lot one when car talk was playing mm-hmm. um met you and sarah for the first time yeah okay wait no well i met sarah f- for the first time there I yeah. don't know. It's all a blur. Yeah. It's been a it's been a cool journey this but year. You're in my neck of the woods now. Yeah. Right now. Right now. In Fullerton. Yeah. I Lively like Fullerton. old Fullerton. Fullerton rules. I used I used to drive out here a lot. For, for what? I had a girlfriend who went to Cal State Fullerton and I Don't would, we all? Right? Yeah. I'd meet up with her all the time. I'd go to her um performances and stuff she was a choir major Mm. so she i would go to all these choir events and i actually really love choral performances performances and instrumental orchestra yeah i don't know i realized i really like it i do I haven't gone to any after high school, you know what I mean? Except for like something at the Hollywood Bowl, which was obviously really well put together. But every time I would go to like chorus stuff, it would be just in high school for like friends and yeah, you don't want to be there for any other reason than for them, Yeah, you know? And then you see like three really bad solos or something and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Maybe that leaves a bad impression for them for the rest of some people's lives and maybe that's why they don't get the the congrats they deserve you know right i definitely never went to go see anybody do it in college when it's probably better put together than high school for for sure sure. yeah it's good 
Also, our frontal lobes are more developed, and I think we can <laughs> kind of like feel the music more mm. and you know get outside of ourselves. I wonder. Yeah. Also, drop a little acid Science. before one of those performances. Uh, I can't amazing. drop a little acid before anything anymore. Oh, I just it happened to you too. It happened to me too. Mm-hmm. Just the overwhelming suction cup that is the universe getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened to me on weed. I can't smoke weed anymore, really. Yeah. After I did acid, like, every time I would smoke weed, I would feel like I was starting to come up on acid. And it would just scare me. And every time I would do acid, I would get more and more zoomed out to where I just felt like I was, like, literally playing myself as, like, a video game. Mm -hmm. Like, watching myself from up above and just, like, doing these weird movements. and That's really intense and scary. I wasn't even that much, like, I didn't take that much acid, but it just, I I think that I truly do have a psychedelic mind anyway. Like, I have super, super, super vivid dreams every single night. Mm-hmm. Like, last night, I had a dream that two tigers were um, hunting me down, and I was, like, running down, like, an aqueduct into like a desert city and i knew like subconsciously that the tigers were like in competition Mm -hmm. to get me it was like a game for them and like they weren't like working together they didn't even know each other they were trying to just like get me yeah stress dreams you know and right at the point when i knew that i was like hiding for so long and i was eventually just gonna get so tired that just they could walk up to me and get me Mm -hmm. i woke up from stress yeah and i just have like vivid vivid dreams like that every night so then when i did acid i was like I get it. Everything's super trippy. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm done. That's crazy. When's the first time you freaked out? Well, actually, well, okay. The first time I did in high school, I smoked weed all the time. Just weed. And then one day, so much. And I was like, cool, like going in public and like standing in line at Blockbuster or whatever. Yeah, talking to my parents. Yeah. That's that's amazing to me now that I could do that. But I can't. uh, I had like this one time where I was with some friends. We did a gravity bong, you know, out of the bucket. Mm -hmm. And I just like I started turning pale. And I like I was thinking about the conversation and how it was coming toward me and how I, I needed to pitch in eventually. Mm-hmm. And I just started, like, hyperventilating, and I started, like, breathing, like, really heavy. I felt like I I thought about my heart rate and, like, my brain, yep. all that yep. stuff. And, and then after that. You think about your physical self too much. Yeah, exactly. And then since then, like, it, it was smoking weed was never the same, and I've always been really careful with it. Yeah. Um, and I've had things every net once in a while. Like, I, I smoke weed, like, like every every other week or something while that's, I'm painting. That's pretty much what I do. It's like a it's a I it's do a it. solo thing though. Like it's Right. There's no com- there's no um socializing. It's just working and drinking yeah. too. Drinking I have to like Tess, can you do me a favor and grab me that little black book on the table there? Yeah, I I I think somebody explained it to me with acid where they were like at thank you. Where acid like forces you to confront your addictions. And, like, mm-hmm. if you're over-smoking, like, pot, like, every time you smoke pot, you're going to get a panic attack. And it's going to mm-hmm. make you feel like you're on acid or, you know, that, do that sort of thing. 
Interesting. And it makes sense for me, but yeah, I I only um, smoke pot like when I'm doing. I mean, I'll do it from time to time, but yeah, like every other week. But I really, really enjoy it when I'm making art or music. Mm-hmm. And I have like a little journal entry and I was super stoned when I made this. And cool. I wrote coffee for reading, pot for art slash music, booze for photography, also sober, time slash speed for poetry, also sober, tea for leisure, dreams, dreams, always. And I was like... And so I've tried to like follow Stones. that whole thing, you know, like mm-hmm. if I'm gonna use pot, I should actually like use, use it. it. Yeah. Use it towards something and not just sit around and be like, so, hey, ever think about like we're the aliens? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, a resource. It's yeah. a resource. For sure. But I was totally abusing it for like years. Yeah. I've, I've been there too. But it also sucks because it was so fun yeah. to abuse it. Yeah. I mean, it was really nice being like, Young and careless, and like, I mean, but that's what I hate. We're not old. We're not. But we can't. No. I we, could be. I could be young and careless at night, like in, at night. in the garage with paint stuff, and get like. I get what you mean. Yeah. But I don't know. But I have a good acid story. Yeah. Okay. So who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. I was uh, working at Coachella. This was last year, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. Three of my friends and I we did acid. I took two tabs because Evan, my tall friend who takes acid often, was like, "Take two tabs. You never know, you know." Like, and I was like, "Okay." And then I was like, "Guys, you guys taking two too?" And they're they're like. Nope. Yeah, let me just really quick interject. <laughs> Whenever somebody tells me you never know, you know, my mind does not go to optimism. My mind goes to I do never know. You know what? <laughs> I was in a really good place okay. also. Well, like I just I just met Sarah. I mean, uh, we just started. Yeah. I was so happy. Good. So I was like nothing can go wrong. Made sense. It made sense. It was it was going to be it was going to be great no matter what. I did get to a point where, I mean, I've I've taken acid before a couple times, but it's never been that strong before. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember like going back to our tent and just like sitting there for a little bit and being like, it's over. Like my night is over. Like this is it. And that was the day before Coachella even started. <laughs> and then oh <laughs> God, it was like we went in with a bang and then... Um, Evan came in and he's got like this big like like Alaska mountain jacket on mm-hmm. and he's like he looks like a marshmallow it's it's so funny and it's like his comfort blanket and yeah. then I was like all right I'm going to go out with you and we'll go to that silent disco or whatever the hell's happening right well those all those hipster assholes who whatever yeah but anyways we got to go do something we're going to go do something yeah and it was the coolest it was the coolest thing, like oh, people watching and it felt, and dancing with, you know, the silent discos they have? Mm-hmm. It was, it was amazing. It was really cool. And then also on the way, we we went back and forth for like beer runs, back to the tent, back to the mm-hmm. party area a few times. And one time while we were walking back, I was like, you guys, like, we're all just tubes, like all we're doing is just eating and pooping. That's all we do. Mm-hmm. 
Makes sense. What we are, we're walking tubes. That's deep. And then I started illustrating these tube guys. Oh, and like yeah, I know your tube, tubes guys. Tubes with like faces on them. And then I started like weed pasting them everywhere. And mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I made, I made like some little installations of them and stuff. And Yeah, I've seen them. They're really cool. Yeah. But now I know the story. Yeah. To why there's a tube guy. Acid. Yeah, acid. Yeah. It was uh, great. I would say that, that was amazing, and I don't think I have to do it again. Yeah. Soon. The first time I ever did acid, um, we were supposed to do it on Friday, but I came home to the apartment on Wednesday, and they're all like, we're doing acid today. And I'm like, I just got off work. It's like not how I wanted to do it at all. Kind of mm-hmm. was just sprung on me. But three people that I cared about were doing it, so I was like, all right, I'll do it too. And I was nervous going into it, so it wasn't going to be that good of a trip anyway. But the people that we were with who had done it before, they took uh, a whole one. And, mm. and like my, my thing with drugs is any new drug, I'm going to take half of whatever you guys are doing. Let me just like try yeah. this, you know. So I took half and then they took a whole. And I was thinking about doing a quarter, but they were like, no, dude, that's like so little. And then I remember we're playing Mario Kart on nintendo 64 on rainbow road and then i see the road start to like drift off into the distance and i'm like this is interesting um the visuals aren't scary to me it's the body high i don't like the feeling of the body high i feel like uncomfortable and just too Mm self-aware but anyway i look over at them and the people that have done acid before and they're like these are really really strong and i'm like you should not have said that to me. I'm not going to deal with this very well. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great time, <laughs> but it was just confusingly strong. Like you right. couldn't tell what you were doing, really. Yeah. And every acid trip's like that for me pretty much, but I've had one really, really, really beautiful one. And after having four really uncomfortable ones that I didn't really get much out of, it was like the first one I got something out of, and then the beautiful one I got something out of. And that was like all I needed. I was yeah. like, all right, I know heaven and hell. It's pretty cool. For sure. But no more. Yeah. No more. It's nice like seeing, uh, I think a part of us sees like the world as, um, it's like we took off our, our human glasses or something. Yeah. And suddenly everything's like, like everything is moving all the time yeah. and like it's and i i mm-hmm. always think i still breathing. think like tables just like everything's breathing down, yeah. yeah i always i still think like maybe that's what's real you mm-hmm. know maybe like yeah we We're tap just into something it, yeah. yeah i i think about it all the time i think about the next morning when i came here to this office and it was the day after i did acid for the first time and i remember being at my computer and just being like this weird, weird calm, you mm-hmm. know? And when I look back now, I I felt like the days before I did acid, I was just in the dark. Like, things were so different for me. I thought differently. I felt differently about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Definitely more closed off. And it helped my art, my music, my social skills, like my ability to love, um, my ability to feel empathy for things. But... I always tell my friends who haven't done acid, I'm like, you don't need to do acid. You can reach those points 
through many different things. Sure. And I'm not saying I know more or less than you. I'm just saying like it affected me this way. Mm -hmm. But acid is like, you know, you know, taking an Uber somewhere versus taking a fucking rocket somewhere. (laughs) Like you're just going to get there a lot quicker. Yeah. And it's going to be quite the ride. I really, I think I, I strongly recommend, um, shrooms or acid either one i've never done shrooms it's the same thing pretty much Mm. Uh, i feel like um shrooms is a little tamer Uh, everybody says that i get like super over analytical when i'm on uh, acid shrooms is like uh i mean it's it's the same things aren't well i don't know if i took enough but i was so giddy and giggly Mm -hmm. and i laughed hysterically it's, I guess, you know, it's who you're with, too. Like, right. if you're, I was in nature, I was in the desert in Mojave. Right. The colors were so vivid and beautiful. It matters where you are. One of my mm-hmm. most beautiful trips was in Joshua Tree. Oh, that sounds great. And it was really fun. I laid on this rock. So there were two big rocks leaning against each other. And I mean, huge rocks, like the size of buildings, mm-hmm. leaning against each other. And then a rock in the middle, kind of like Lion King. Mm-hmm. And the end was out in the sun. And the middle part was like in the shade between the two rocks. And Tess and I were there just like hanging out and you would like be in the shade. And then when you wanted to go get sun, you would step out on this part and it was like all this sun. (laughs) And then I laid on the rock and I was just staring at the clouds. And then the clouds like went from clouds into like they were performing like a Greek play for me. They were like shifting and then like acting out all these like melodramas and things. Yeah. And just like playing with me like trying to like excite me or like entertain me and i was just laying on this rock being like what (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah it was so it felt like they were the clouds were actually real and just being like yeah like you know when like a a mom plays with her baby and she's just like just like you know doing little things and the baby's like ah this is so fucking tight that was (laughs) god was doing that to you well the universe. <laughs> the universe, yeah. The universe. That's I heard somebody explain God in a really cool way today that is like exactly the words that I was looking for, but yeah. I didn't know how to say it. Mm-hmm. They were saying, um, I believe in God, but I don't believe in God as in like an almighty, powerful person that judges you. To me, God is the symbi- symbiotic relationship between two things, between two people, between the oxygen mm-hmm. that or the carbon dioxide that a tree takes in and the oxygen that it puts out and the oxygen that we breathe in, like that is God, the symbiotic relationship between all things. Yeah. And I was like, tight. I agree with that. Yeah. I feel that a lot. I always say God is just the universe. Yes. That's what I I would say. Yes. Which is exactly what I think he meant probably. Yeah. That's what I would always say too. I believe that the universe is inherently good Mm -hmm. and that nature is inherently neutral. But the universe controls nature, and nature is a part of the universe. So it's like... I like that. Yeah. Anyway. Let the odds be in our favor. Yeah. I hope so. But (sighs) I definitely... I don't know. I think that we hide... People hide their beliefs too much. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they tell their beliefs too much. They're like, I'm Christian. You need to do this. I'm blah, blah. You need to do that. But anyway, I think that people don't talk a lot about how our personal religious views or spiritual views or views of the universe actually 
contribute to art, politics, music, or just your personal relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like the biggest thing going on right now is like, what do we all think this is? <laughs> yeah. Like, shouldn't that be the cornerstone? Like, you're like, okay, so we're all in this room. What is the room, first of all, before we start like making up rules to determine what we can and can't do in the room? Right. I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, I think the the golden rule is what we should kind of govern ourselves by, right? Just being kind. Yeah. Right? But then we use, like, Christianity and really um, a lot of... Uh, a lot of words that contradict each other to govern a society yeah. and it just doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. And then there's a lot of judgment. What's right? What's wrong? I don't know. Have you heard the um, the analogy, or maybe it's not an analogy, but the I'm just going to call it a story of the elephant being God. No. Okay. So it reminds me of Dolly already, though. Yeah. I don't know why. Because it's big elephants with long legs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the story is God is deciding to God like is going to um, reveal himself to uh, the leaders of each religion, mm-hmm. and while he does so, they're or it he either makes them blind or they're all just blind men anyway but like a leader of the muslim faith is there um a leader of uh christianity is there catholicism is there uh all the main religions mm-hmm. there's one leader and god turns himself into an elephant so that they can physically experience him mm-hmm. and so he takes the form of an elephant and the Muslim feels God at, at his leg. And because he's blind, he's describing it to everyone else. And he goes, God is like this. He's, he's round and, and, and large and he's got uh, like hooved toes. And then the leader of the Christian faith, who's also blind, touching his trunk, goes, no, no, no. God's like this. Mm-hmm. God has a long snaky trunk thing. Mm-hmm. And they're all arguing about how God is, but they're all touching just a different part of God. Yeah, they're right. all explaining like the same thing, but right. differently. And that's every true. time I hear somebody talk about religion and they try to like say one religion's different from the other, I'm like, is it really? No. Like, it's all pretty much based in the same shit. Yeah. It's there's a, like there's principles and yeah, it's all it's all a part of this the same beast. The same beast. The same beast. Wow. Mm-hmm. You like to uh, wrap things up for me there. As I've been rambling, you're like, let me just put the cherry on top. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I've never. I mean, I can do that, but it takes me like eight tries to get a good one. For those listening, no. she stuck a finger in her mouth <laughs> and. Uh, and then she put it in her butthole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what made the popping noise. And that was a weak one. Oh, my God. My butthole feels so fun. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Haven't really ventured there myself, but I'll take your word on it. You'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I've got time. Um, 
yeah, man. This podcast, it's so hard because I have the desire to talk to people about their craft just like for eons, right? Mm -hmm. But I noticed that those podcasts are so boring. Like, you don't want somebody to talk about the nuance of a guitar tone for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. As a listener, it's just like, all right, this guy's a fucking asshole. Like, get over yourself. It's guitar. Yeah. And... I feel like art's the same. I feel like music is art. Art is music Mm -hmm. in a way, visual music. And it's just hard having like an artist in front of me and not like just diving into uh, their craft because most people drive to come out here and we're talking about religion and acid. and Yeah, I love this. I think it's uh, I think it's more interesting to figure out who people are, you know. Mm-hmm. what drives their craft well that's what i i tell most people either before or after we do the podcast is that the point of my podcast is to let people fall in love with your personality mm-hmm. and in that way you're selling yourself in a truly natural and non-sleazy way mm-hmm. and then if they enjoy you they go hey this person's kind of cool let me see what they do yeah and then if they do that that's going to create like an actual fan like, it's not going to be some sort of passive fan. It's going to be somebody that, like, actually thought you were cool to begin with just yeah. by hearing what you had to say for yourself. And then they look you up and they're like, oh, shit, I like yeah. her art as well. Yeah. it gives a, And it gives us a lot of us uh, a platform um, for, like, a, a live, like, a streaming interview that people can, they can Google this and be, and be like, I want to get to know um, Chelsea from Car Talk. And yeah. then, oh, there it is. Yeah. And they could look back on it, you know, years from now. And you'll be like, oh, this is one of her first interviews. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. You and g- you get an hour interview, like yeah. an hour of hearing somebody talk. You can really see who they are yeah. at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I always wonder how much I'm going to change because I've done 50, 51, 52. This is the 52nd episode. All right. So I've got over... 55 hours of myself talking on the internet you know that's awesome so are is you it, are you pretty comfortable um yeah i it's new for me i mean i'm i'm starting to talk more and more about i mean i've always talked about drugs openly and mm-hmm. for some reason never cared about that uh which maybe i should have i guess i have to do this forever now i can't get a job but um Religion, I'm okay with talking about. Drugs, I'm okay with talking about. But when I I got into um, a little bit with Chelsea of Car Talk and a lot with Eric of First Fire, um, like white guilt and like socioeconomic politics. Oh. And that I surprisingly am not very comfortable talking about because... I have my opinions, but I know that my opinions are just the opinions of other people that I respect, Mm -hmm. and I haven't done much research into what is actually going on, Mm -hmm. but I still talk about it, so it's like, but I think part of doing the podcast is going to be, you know, getting my mind changed by people that I respect, Mm -hmm. and getting told that I fucked up, and that I'm not looking at the big picture, or you know, acknowledging certain aspects and I'm okay with that. I fuck up a lot. So yeah, (laughs) I think you just have to be okay with humility. 
I like this being like one big experiment, you know? It's it's good. I mean, you're going to hear a different story. You've heard 52, now 52 different stories. I'm, Your mind is naturally going to open and change and, you know? I've become very, very good at... Um, being what somebody wants me to be or like coexisting. I'll call it coexisting with like any person. I can pretty much have a conversation with anybody and I'll, I'll be comfortable as long as they're somewhat comfortable. And I know how to kind of make them more comfortable, Mm -hmm. um, without pretending to be something I'm not, but it is, it is strange for sure. I like, I picture, you know, five years from now, I'm going to have such a big catalog of people I've talked to. I'm going to look like a um, serial killer with all my Polaroids, you know? Yeah, but But they're so cool. It's funny because a lot of these Polaroids look like they were taken, like, years ago, you know? Because they're Polaroids. They're Polaroids. They're so cool. I've gone into, um, like, film stuff, like, actual film film lately. Cool. And uh, Tessa actually learned how to develop film herself. And so it made it really easy for me because I didn't have to pay $15 a fucking roll mm-hmm. and Tess would just do it. Um, cool. But yeah, there's, it just feels more special when you do like Polaroid. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's live and. Do you, there. <laughs> this is, it's kind of on the same subject or it will be, but mm-hmm. like, do you picture yourself like having a, a family, like kids and stuff later on? Uh I always say that I'll adopt yeah. a kid when I'm 40. <laughs> That's, I mean, I always said that I think it's su- just in general, super narcissistic to have a child. Someone that's just a, yeah. a replica of you. I, I, just based on like people that I meet that have kids, mm-hmm. their, their vision of like what a child is supposed to be is more about what they want their child to be and not so much about just loving a human Mm-hmm. And we've got a great percentage of humans out there that have no guidance, no parents that need that love. And if you're going to give that love, I think adoption is morally it should be your first first yeah. bout. But also, I understand falling in love with somebody and wanting like to, yeah. to squish your DNA together. Yeah, I mean, I've met. Yeah, you. I mean, I've met like a lot of different. Or I've been in relationships with people who are like, I I need something to come out of me, you know? Right, yeah. And it has to be a part of me, and it's so special to them. That's and a- I, I'm always like, okay, cool, like, whatever you want to do. Yeah. But if, in, if I have the choice, and I mean, I do. I mean, whoever I'm with, if they want to have a kid, like, go for it. Like, sure, it's understandable. Figure it out. Yeah. But I... I'd rather probably adopt a kid. But I don't even know if I'm, I'm going to do that. Right. Um, no, it I know. It is every question. But, but I, I just like mean <laughs> to kind of... The, uh, like, humanitarian in me wants to do it. But also, I am, I am so unorganized. I'm so bad at things in general. I can't picture myself being ready to pick up that responsibility. No ever but i have to have more faith in myself i think yeah so 40 40 yeah oh my butt (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I was I was asking because we we're talking about, you know, getting comfortable on a podcast and you literally have an occupation where your goal is to put something in front of everyone's face. Yeah. I So do you ever think about where you're going to be, you know, 10 years from now and wonder if you'll still care about your art in the same way or if it's ruined relationships or maybe made relationships better? Do you think about what art has affected your life and your where it's going? Um, I think, I mean, my relationship to art, I think it, it kind of started with with a boyfriend I had who was really good at painting. He was like an amazing abstract painter. Um, and then I got really into Ralph Steadman, an illustrator. He does the Fear and Loathing um, oh, yeah. co- cover, whatever. Yeah. One of my favorite books. One of my first books that got me into like books. Yeah. Yeah. I actually haven't read it. Oh. Uh, Sarah gave me that well, book, but I haven't read it yet. Read it. But all the arts, there's like 40 illustrations it's in great. that book. Yeah. I love Steadman's work. It's so, uh, it's kind of, it's gritty and comical mm-hmm. and... I love that style. Mm-hmm. Black ink splatters. I love that. Um, but that inspired me to start making art, just other artists. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can inspire other people to make art. Yeah. Maybe they'll like my art so much that they're like, I should do that. That looks fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was... So maybe I think about this all the time, the why... Why do we do this thing? Well, I think about it a lot, too. Um, And my confidence in my art is, and I'm talking about music as well, is really more um, selfish. Like, I do my art because I can't not do it. Mm -hmm. And I have to write this song. Like, this song was always supposed to come out. This piece of art was always supposed to come out. It's like therapy. It's therapy for me. Yeah, me too. And I don't really think about the impact that it could have on other people because I don't think I'm making statements or doing art that is really relevant to anyone else but me. Mm -hmm. But I definitely see the social currency of the art that you're doing, for sure. I mean, it's the the Trump one, first of all, Mm -hmm. is hilarious. And it doesn't have the the quote on here on the sticker, but um, I love it. JK, I was really just a talking penis this whole time yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I remember the day that I woke up and I was in Tess and I's apartment and <laughs> I made breakfast and coffee and Tess came out and sat on the couch and I was like, Trump is president. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we were both yeah. like, yeah. I had like visions of going to war, <laughs> just like <laughs> no. just like we tons all thought of, there was going to be another Holocaust, like yeah, something, just something so mm-hmm. horrible, and um, to make a joke about something that was honestly like one of the most surprising days in my life. Mm-hmm. It's it's great. This, yeah, this makes me feel a lot better. That's <laughs> you know good. What I mean? Yeah. I um I actually did those I made that illustration before um I think before the primaries were even over so wow. like you knew I well, don't know yeah well, and for and, anybody listening um the sticker I'm talking about uh 
is a picture of Trump and he his skin is obviously Cheeto colored and he his whole face and his chin is literally a penis and balls so, and penis and balls hairy balls hairy balls so that's what not I've been too talking hairy about. but I, you yeah. know he he's he couldn't grow hair if he tried no not enough <laughs> him and his know? small hands little baby oh yeah the the original illustration has like he's going like this uh, and he has tiny little hands flipping his, too yeah flipping the bird i love the tiny hands joke like i feel like late night talk show hosts like they started that off or i don't know but it was so hilarious to he's, me. he like he did it to himself he made a comment about big hands you know what you yeah. know like a fucking yeah. loser and then uh yeah. and then kimmel and like yeah whoever like trevor noah everybody just digs into the small hand thing uh-huh. and i love that running joke and it's still going yeah isn't that amazing it's great See, tiny hands it's so fucking funny. It's, it's only degrading because he was correlating it to being super masculine and having right. a big dick. Yeah. So they're using his joke against him. Yes. Nobody I love actually it. thinks that big hands means you have a big cock. No. They just like are using his logic against him and in photoshopping his, super tiny yeah. baby hands. In his tiny meat brain, like it's like a big yeah. a big deal to have uh, big hands. I have this little joke that I do where. Um, I say that Trump, whenever he's talking, is just flossing a really small person's teeth. <laughs> and he's just <laughs> so like, true. It's just, you know, he's going like this all the so time. So I went to Kim Jong-il yeah. and I... <laughs> but he's like always like flossing some little like... Yeah. He's going like that. <laughs> and uh, man, he's just, you know, f- it makes me think we're actually in a simulation. Because if I was to think up... Just the most fucked up, stupid, cartoony, dirtbag, piece of shit, like, image of the corruption that is being a president of billions of people? How many do we have in America? Billions. Billions of people? This would be the cartoon version. It would be Trump, the actual Trump. Like, I, I'm guessing that I could make a character that fucking loony. Yeah. That would be I mean they did in Idiocracy. Idiocracy. Did you see that movie with uh with um Somebody was just Luke, talking about that. Luke Wilson or um is it Luke or Owen? The brunette one. Owen. Luke, sorry. He uh it's like a like dystopian futuristic I don't think I saw it. People are frozen and then they go into the future. Uh, and mm. they they come out of their their frozen coma, and the whole world is idiots, and they're watering plants with Gatorade. And oh, why does that image seem so? I've probably seen something. It's really about. it's really funny, Idiocracy? and it's like a total foreshadowing of of everything. Kind of like the whole um, the Back to the Future uh, guy as the president. Biff, Biff yeah. you know, Dude, it's kind it's kind of like that, but but more detailed. Well, I mean, if I'm to believe everything that I've come to know is fact with uh, acid, <laughs> it's all a dream we dreamed one afternoon long ago, and I think we're all sharing that dream. And I think the thoughts and feelings that we put out really do modify the fabric of reality in some way, and I can't prove it, but it it seems to just seems to be true like 
without fail every time. Mm-hmm. We we almost create the characters that we want around us and yeah. create the entertainment as if we're in the movie. Well, I feel like we created a character named Bernie Sanders, and I think that that was our destiny, but yeah. I think that the kind of semi-evil, very um, money-dependent DNC just mm-hmm. couldn't come to terms with that, so we ended up with Trump when we could have yeah. had um, an angel as opposed yeah. to the devil. You know what I mean? I... You know, I agree. I was a Bernie supporter for sure. And the shitty thing for me about the whole thing is that although Bernie is a sweet, sweet angel of a man. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, having to vote on which dog you want to fight in the dog fight. It's like. Okay, well, if you're making me, I'm going to pick one. But can we not have this dog fight? You know, like, it's still politics. At the end of the day, like, Bernie Sanders can't just wave a wand and we're all nice. Yeah. It's not going to work that way. He still has to go through, like, Congress and a bunch of other, Mm -hmm. you know, channels to get things done. And then most of the things you want to get done don't. But you at least have this symbol of what I thought at the time to be peace and understanding. Mm -hmm. That's... That's what I was voting for, a symbol of peace. Yeah. But politics as it is, you it, it's still fucked up. I think it was more like a ch- it was a change like on both sides. Trump was he was talking to uh blue collar workers saying I'm not getting super PACs. I mean even though he did in the end I think and he's a billionaire mm-hmm. or maybe not so much cuz his businesses suck but um, and then there was Bernie on the other side, who's super pack free, grassroots, and uh, all the things that is not what politicians do. Right. And people on both sides were like, "Yeah, this guy's not a politician." Right. On both sides. Right. And uh, and then they we ended up choosing Hillary to the like epitome of status well, quo politician. People to also... fight the fight against that guy. Right. I mean, Hillary. As much as I do want to see a woman president for for the very sole purpose that I want people to accept that. I feel like it's a stamp that, like, yes, women are equal. They can do the same job. Like, this job has nothing to do with the fucking genitals you have between your legs. But as much as I wanted that, yeah, Hillary, I mean, she's... I decided to vote for her, like, while I was in the voting booth. I almost voted for Jill Stein. Which was never going to happen and everybody of knew Of course. It. So, yeah. But you know what happened? People in Florida and Michigan, they did vote for Jill Stein yeah. or Gary Johnson. Yeah. And that's why Trump won. And yeah, there was, there, was, there was mingling with the election by Russians, but. <laughs> there's always, every <laughs> single year, there's been something. That, yeah. Like the elections are never 100% untainted. Yeah. But I, and. Nobody has ever been ex- able to explain it to me in a way that makes any fucking sense, like, at all. Mm. What the fuck is the Electoral College for? Why is one person's vote not one person's vote? Why is not the majority of, like, what this nation wants the outcome? Because. I don't know. Trump did not win the majority vote. No. He didn't. And 
as far as I know, a democratic process means our votes count equally. Right. But our votes don't count equally because of the Electoral College. Our votes are then gathered and given a certain weight mm -hmm. depending on the state. Right. And the Electoral College was established because in like slavery times or, or post-slavery times so that black people couldn't, black people wouldn't have a say in certain, mm. in certain How so? places. Like there, you have representatives in each, in each state mm -hmm. that, ah. you know, and those, you know, they. So the white representatives would go on to have their right. interests, um, it, solidified and the black candidates would never right be exactly voted in. and Got it's it. carried on throughout the years and it's still going and i feel like i think john oliver said like right after the election and everything like we're in like we're in upheaval about the electoral college right after the election and we always are right, right. after the election Right. But what we need to do is really band together before elections start happening and yeah. change it because yeah. it's it's always like it's there's a fire under us mm -hmm. and we're like, we got to change this and then we forget about it. And then the next election year cycle comes and we're like, ah, fuck that again, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And I don't think I've ever voiced this to anyone and maybe, maybe only Tess would guess that I, I feel this way, but I definitely get worried when stapling myself to a cause because I I worry that things are going to come out later like they normally do that then make me change my mind or at least make me not feel as passionate about that cause as I was. Mm -hmm. And so because of that fear of future things unfolding, I decide to not get passionate about almost anything right? until it's too late which is, I think, what most people do. Like, right. I... I know what you mean. I just don't... It's hard to get... I, I worry about the day that I actually have the courage to go out and march and yell and be a part of... or be caught up in a riot because the day that I do that, like, things are really, really fucking, like, going wrong. Right. And I just don't feel passionate about politics in general. I feel passionate about what I think is morally correct. But what's morally correct is not always what works best politically. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't know when to get angry. I like I just don't know until it's done and then I'm like, well now I'm fucking mad. Like this sucks. Yeah. I don't I definitely don't do all I can to protect the things I care about. I just don't. Out of fear of not knowing what's what. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I don't know what to do. There's there's so many things to to stand for, you know. Like, I mean, I know what you mean. I mean, with with social media and stuff. Like, I have friends who, you know, every time there's a a police shooting uh, with an unarmed black guy, like they're they're reposting articles and stuff. And I don't really do that. Yeah, and I, I don't should. Either. Should I? I. I think, I think you should if you've researched it from as many sides as you can and you found that it was truly injustice. I wonder, then you should. I mean, I, I read it and I'm aware of it. I mm. don't know. I, I don't know if me reposting something or, or speaking something um, is going to do anything. And I maybe I don't want to put myself on the horse 
that right. says like I have uh, I'm somehow going to change someone's mind because right. I don't think that I I'm not sure if I can so right. I have a fear of trying I guess I'm I, I understand completely I feel the same way mm-hmm. and I think that Facebook creates a platform that I sometimes feel like was created in a way to make us feel like we're making a difference, but really just it's recycled garbage. It's like, here, let me throw this article in the trash. I sent it to you, but you're going to ignore it. I feel like Facebook makes us think that we're doing something proactive. Mm -hmm. But I'm reading, I just finished um, uh, a Patty Smith book. And um, Tess, why can't I think of who wrote uh, play it as it lays Joan Didion oh, and cool. um, now I'm reading Allen Ginsberg and their social activism was you know not not like talking about it with friends like that's what Facebook is doing like if right. I told you off camera off mic about an unarmed black person that got shot mm. and then we talked about it to each other like that's that's good we're we're spreading the news to each other but that's yeah. not doing anything that's what sharing it to Facebook is doing. Right. They're seeing it, they're hearing about it, but who gives a fuck? But getting right. in front of an audience and writing poetry or protesting at a rally and getting on a megaphone, mm-hmm. that for some reason I think is a lot more effective than just sharing something so disposable. Right. And I think Facebook makes us feel like we're doing something when we're not. Yeah, that's true. I'm I mean, yeah, when I hear about protests and I mean, even like the pride marches this weekend and and stuff like that. I'm, I'm proud of, I'm proud of our people like getting out there and and doing it. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to pride because I was at Dyke Day the day before, which Mm -hmm. is like a huge drunk picnic with a bunch of lesbians in uh, Glasshall Park. It was awesome. Yeah. No, I saw some pictures. But anyways, I was really hungover, yeah. so. Yeah. I was like, pride, proud of what? See, I. Uh, of being a drunk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I but also no, I get love, the. I love lesbians. <laughs> I love anyone that's a good person. <laughs> Many of them happen to be lesbians. Yes. Um. But another thing, too, is that I, I feel which I think many people do feel this and it could just be a cop out, but I, I don't think it is for me. We're like, no shit, like equality, no shit. Right. Right. But at the same time, because people get cherry picked and personally attacked for claiming to be allies of women who have been raped or, uh, the gay movement or, um, you know, Black Lives Matter. If you say you're an ally to that, but you've never experienced anything or gone out of your way to uh, be proactive in those uh, mm. cultures, people, or maybe it's just what the media does, but they they really shun those people who say they're 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 proud of these people or they're for equality or they're for justice. And I think it turns a lot of people away from going to those marches and marching along with people and. Yeah. Doing stuff like that. Um I like Which wanting... I think that's just an ego thing that people need to get over and yeah, just that's, go. That's crazy. No, I think everybody if you support it, you should go. For yeah. sure. Like uh I I read something about like a while ago with there was like this like kind of gossipy website that um was like um here's what here's what you need to know before you go to the 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 pride march mm-hmm. this weekend 
um, or it said like attention straight people okay. or something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, automatically by the headline, you know, it's going to be a little condescending and it's right. going to be like, it, it, it said stuff like, um, don't take your, don't take your, uh, bachelorette party to the, to the pride march. Don't take pictures of trans, of transsexual people mm-hmm. and all the, all these things that like, I mean, if you're a straight person and you want to go to the march, like just go. Like right. there shouldn't, there's no rules. Like just don't bring a gun and don't hurt anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like but so, I like articles like that, those those get under my skin because right. I don't want to be associated with with anybody who kind of um, has that condescending nature. They're condescending and they they're kind of it's kind of counterproductive to our cause because they're mm. they're discouraging people from going. I definitely I I understand. I feel, I mean I want to feel that same way but at the same time my my feeling whenever I don't know enough about a subject mm-hmm. is I go into it knowing that I'm probably going to be humiliated a little bit because I'm learning and mm-hmm. I'm like oh shit I didn't fucking know that like but now I know thank you that's and okay. so when I see yeah it's okay yeah. and I I know that's okay but when I see articles like that I don't immediately get offended um, I know that it's got an offensive nature, and I think that for things to be popular, I think people put that little flair on things a lot. Yeah, for sure. But, the headlines. you know, there probably were some good points in that article at the same time. Mm. I mean, do you care? I mean, would you care if somebody brought a bachelorette party there? I mean, no. only, only if they're, like, outright mocking people, then... Yeah, no way. I mean, pride is, like, a... And These who's to say gay are, people don't have bachelorette parties yeah, for as sure. well? Like what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like it's an overall like positive event and and it should be all inclusive. Uh, everything. Everything needs to be all inclusive and everybody no one should feel discouraged from going to things that are I mean obviously we're we are liberal progressive people who all want the same things. So I don't think anyone should be discouraged from going to the things you know so i don't i have a pro a huge problem with the i don't know what to call it like it's like uh yeah it's like it's just gossipy melodramatic gossipy. melodramatic yeah That's trying to get part. like clickbait almost you know That's yeah trying to go viral articles that yeah. have nothing to do with the actual point of the cause yeah and then someone shares it who i know and and who you know and you're like yeah and then you gotta comment on it because you're like you're wrong, and I gotta tell you. Yeah. And I never get I, n- I don't normally get do em. this, but here it is. I don't normally do this. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. I saw um, a post that, I mean, it was a while back, but maybe actually I think Tess sent it to me, and it said politics in 2018, and then it was in quotes, and it said, "I don't know how to tell you you should be nice." <laughs> <laughs> like that's the basic thing, and you were just saying like we're liberal, we're progressive, and in my mind. That to me is just mm-hmm. being decent for yeah. the most part. Yeah. You know, it's like 50% of people that identify with Christianity are probably just really great people. Like, yeah, absolutely. And, and then there's probably 20% of them that are just super fucking horrible people. Totally. And those 20% are going to make the news. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. And the, the 20% absolutely. that are poisonous, for, it's just the dramatic, sensationalized people in any group are going to be put on the news yeah i don't know i mean the moderates the people who are in the middle they're the ones that shape 
elections, you know, like it's true. The people who aren't on the news, you know. Well, to travel back, I've never been to any rallies for anything that I'm passionate about or any really? marches for anything. And uh, I'll, if, um, I'll go. Okay. So if, what, what am I passionate about, Tess? Nachos? Sorry, those. Let's go to <laughs> Beer Fest. Yeah, Beer Fest. Let's go. No, but you were going to say but something serious. But when there's, uh, I have a feeling that Bernie's going to run again in 2020. And we're going to go to those rallies. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with you. Yeah, go we're with gonna me. We're going to go. I have a, a t-shirt for you that you could wear. Nice. Yeah. I'll probably just buy one to support. Good. That's but great. um, can I bring a flask? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Oh, wait. Hello. What am I talking about? There's going to be pot everywhere. Yeah. Nice. It's going to be like the hippie revolution. Yeah. But I, uh, just on that. He, like, he got people excited about politics again, you know? And I know Ob- people say that about Obama, too, but this was bigger. Bernie got me really excited about, about not so much politics, but about what we could do ideals. with our yeah. legislation. Like, he got me excited about... I, I, like, felt that there was actual power in the American system for once. I was like, oh, we can I, make things good? I felt like we could take back from Wall Street. I feel like, I felt like, well, I think most people who loved Bernie were really just pissed off about 2008 and the bailouts, the whole economic, the whole crisis, the whole housing market. My my parents lost their house just because the bank refinanced on them and did all that stuff. And and then meanwhile, the... CEOs got raises while people lost their homes and I think that was like the big driving force behind his whole campaign and I think it was kind of the driving force behind Trump being elected because people are so fucking angry about the system but in reality they're blind and they didn't realize this god that they nominated is actually the devil but he was making big brave promises I, in the wrong direction. I agree with you on the Bernie part that you said, but I and I understand that part of the reason why Trump was elected was because people were tired of the status quo and the way things were going and he was different. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that was good or bad to you at that point, he was different. Yes. Um totally. But I I I'm just too sinister when it comes to um popularity. And I feel like, you know, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, and Donald Trump, they're the same fucking thing. Right. And I I think that more than anything, if even just subconsciously, people voted for him because they were being stimulated, being entertained to, like, such a dramatic, like... And relatability. Like, they related to him because sure. he's dumb. Or wanted to. And a lot of us are dumb. Or wanted to. They're like, that guy's rich. I want to be rich. I like that guy. Yeah. Kim Kardashian's rich. Like, I want to be rich. This I guy like that is girl. speaking my goddamn language. And yeah. that's what's going yeah. on. Like, yeah. that he spoke he spoke our language. Yeah. Have you seen that post where it's like a U.S. Army ad and it's a guy, like, shooting a gun and it says... Uh, U.S. Army, get learned how to make things more deader. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I fucking love it. That's great. Uh, if anyone, if anybody's in the army listening to this, 
We support you. No, I I love anybody that decides to willingly sign up to do a job that I would never fucking do in a million years. So thank Same. you. I don't agree with the politics behind the uh, the operations that many of them are forced to do because they're in the army. But that's you know, I don't have to do it. So thank you. Yeah. God bless. God bless. God damn. Job bless. Um. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for coming on. It's I about an this. hour. That's it. Really? Yeah. This is a great talk. It was a. This was one of my better ones, I think. Am I gonna get to take a Polaroid? Oh yeah. Sick. Oh yeah. Should I take off all of my clothes or just like my? <laughs> I'm just kidding. For, for like viral sake, please all of them and let me post that. That'll I'll go real okay. viral on that one. Okay, cool. But just um, put like some emojis over my. Uh, my nipple because okay. i only have one one nipple yeah no belly button though Mm-mm. what was that tv show can you name that where the guy didn't have a belly button he was like an alien seinfeld <laughs> seinfeld <laughs> no do you know what i'm talking about tess it was like a new newish i mean like two, I'd always need 2008 oh yeah roswell or it was like this like, hot it was a hot teenager who like came from space that had no belly button. Interesting. Anyway, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for and, having me. Um, I super appreciate it, and it was a lot of fun. Thanks for the stickers and everything. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's thank it. You. So thank thanks, you. Thanks, Drew. Kyle X Y. Oh, Kyle X Y. All right. Oh wait, I didn't do my normal thing because hmm. uh, you're an artist and not a band. Okay. <laughs> I usually interview bands, but tell the listeners one band they should be listening to. Oh, okay. Um, Got to pick one. Just one. Yep. Okay. Um, you should listen to Illuminati Hotties. I should have seen that one coming. I know. All right. Um, the best song on on their new album is. Uh, the rules so listen to that song have a little cry the rest of the album is well most it's like half and half like fun and peppy mm-hmm. and then half um beautiful and uh kind of i don't know it's just just really good like yeah i agree fully and You've i got to watch the album release uh standing right next to you for a good amount of time it was a lot of fun. It was a great night. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, thanks. Drew. Bye. All right. That does it for the 52nd episode of the Psychic Wave podcast. Thanks to Kat Bing for coming out and having an honest conversation with me. I really enjoyed it. And also, I want to give a shout out to Tess Sullivan for taking video during the podcast and taking pictures during the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, the intro, uh, that was footage that Tess had taken. So thank you very much for doing that. If you want to follow Psychic Wave on Instagram, you can follow us at The Psychic Wave. And if you want to follow my personal account, you can follow me at Andrew Sanishin. Sanishin is spelled S-A-N-Y-S-H-Y-N. Other than that, we have on Friday night, 
Why Dogs Why coming on the podcast. Really excited to talk uh, to them about their band. And if you want to come on the podcast, shoot me a message. Anyway, that's it. Hope you have a great day. I love you. Mm-hmm.